Ja, ja, denk dan! Wit is drama. Wit is drama. Wit is drama. Building bridges. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. Wait, where, where's Jan? I'm, I'm Dave, but where's Jan? I don't know. Maybe Jan has common sense and he just didn't sit through 25 hours of San Remo or however long it was. It was a pain in any way. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I, I totally understand how even the most diehard Eurofan would avoid spending every night for five nights watching, well, the same songs over and over, the same performances over and over. I mean, it, it totally makes sense. Yes. That's why we're so late recording this. And you know what day today is? It's Domenica. 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 True, yes. How did that not win last year? Anyway, we can yeah. go on. How? So um, I actually toughed it through. I might have fallen asleep on the couch here and there, but I did manage to watch all 25 hours of that. How much of it did you see, Sebi? A lot more than I would have wanted to, and that was uh, necessary for my mental health. I sat through the entire third night where they presented all the songs, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, it's for ratings for sure. Um, I know their third night ratings were a bit lower than their first two. It's just a, it's just a repeat of the first two nights and one longer night with extra guests. It, it just seems unnecessary. In the Imagine we had a Eurovision final twice. Like, yeah, like combine like combining the two semifinals after you've seen them into one giant semifinal and then seeing them again in the final is just it drags yeah. it on. I guess it has to do with sponsorship and all the invited guests, but yeah. I I find it just drags too long. Yeah. Well that's all right. They did do a good job though. They spent all five nights raising money for the earthquake victims in Turkey and Syria, so I thought that was pretty nice of them. Mm-hmm. Uh and we got eventually after twenty four and a half hours, we got a top five. But before yes. we look at those, are there any songs in the bottom, what was left, bottom 23, I guess, that caught your attention? Yes, uh, actually one of my favorites, I think even my big favorite of that whole uh, competition this year was uh, Madame. And I was very disappointed because she was doing really well in like the first two nights, I think. She was third combined. And then, like, she sadly dropped out of the top five, but she still ended up seventh. I thought that was just uh, really good. Uh, it was modern. It uh, was still catchy in a way, but it was talking about a very serious topic. I think it told the story of a sex worker that fell in love with their client. Um, and, you know, Italy still has a very uh, conservative reputation, and then you see that music video of like a female sex worker uh, sleeping with another woman and all that. And that would have just been such a revolutionary entry for Italy in Eurovision as well. And yeah, it was well performed. I really liked her whole aesthetic as well. I think it was where it's exactly my vibe. And um, yeah, I think it's a good result still, seventh. But I'm also very sad that she didn't make it to the super final. I don't know what happened because, yeah, she was second from the first night. And when they combined them, she was third and she just dropped off the off the charts. 
Um, last night, though, in the finals, she caught my attention because I, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I heard the song and stopped what I was doing and watched. And when it was over, she got a standing ovation. Uh, she cried. Amadeus let her speak to the audience for a few minutes. She thanked everybody basically under the sun and thanked the audience, the orchestra, and yada, yada. Big flowers and big hug from Amadeus. So, like, it was very emotional for her last night. I thought maybe that might have struck a chord maybe with the juries and with the televote a bit more, but she kind of still lagged, like you said, in, in seventh place. So it was too bad. Yeah, I don't know what happened. What did you think of LOD? LOD was uh, good. I think LOD never disappoints. Um, this time the song was completely fine, but I still have trouble like remembering what it sounds like. I think it was Due, right? Yeah. Um, and it was good. I liked it every time I listened to it, but um, maybe it wasn't her best song. No, and this is another one that fell because she was second behind Marco after the first night and finished fifth overall after the first two nights. Um, and maybe maybe that's her curse, maybe because she's known for better. I think you kind of hit it on yeah. the head, but you said it was fine. Yeah. Right? It's not spectacular. It's nothing to write home about. Uh, I found it like it was very smooth and very classy. Mm. But yeah, in a field of 28, I'm struggling to remember. Like, I remember what she looked like, like coming out yeah. with the black lipstick and everything. Like, she was very, very LD, very apart from everyone else. But in terms of the song, majestic. It, yeah, it kind of. Um, kind of blended in with the others, right? And it was just one of many, many, many breakup songs that we had yeah. uh, over the last five evenings. Yeah. And you know, one thing that really surprised me about Sanremo, I mean, Sanremo is known for like having very old, very famous artists. Uh, I mean, Gianni Morandi hosted this year. Uh, he was and third last year. He did a spectacular job for his age, yes. I will say. Um, like he, he wasn't tired. He was running around. He was sweeping the stage at some points. Like he didn't stop. He looked like he had more energy than Amadeus. Yeah. <laughs> and like that was, I was really happy about that also to see Massimo Ranieri again and Albano. And they also had their, like, uh, they also sang all together, the three of them, which was very beautiful. But then, uh, I want to say like, that's a little bit mean, but I want to say they're also negative examples like Anna Oxa. She was amazing in Eurovision back then. I mean, uh, 89 is Italy's probably my favorite that year. But I don't know what happened to her. I think it was just completely off-putting. It was like she didn't sound good. The song was kind of weird. I didn't know. What did you think? I don't know how she wasn't last. And I don't know why Amadeus picked her to open she was first on the first night. I, I guess after that really, really long opening speech by um, Benini, right? The film, yeah. the film director. Um, maybe anything would have sounded great. And that was the best hope for her was to go after that. But it woke uh, people she, up. Yeah, she didn't look great. She, I mean, she looked like she escaped from a hospital or something. She just, yeah. between the hair and the dress, it just, it didn't look good. And then the screaming and the, the, her voice had these like cuts in it. Like she, she sounded ill. It it wasn't like what you think. You think, oh my god, yeah, Anna Oxa is in this. It yeah, it really fell flat. It's so unfortunate because I mean, last year we also had you know Eva Zanicki returning, and she also sounded great. Maybe the song wasn't you know 
the most competitive one, the most uh, still up-to-date one, but she sounded good at least. And I was really disappointed by Anna Oxa. Who else? But then who was last overall? Was it Set 2? Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I think he was probably the only one who sounded worse than Anna Oxa. All right, I just want to talk about one more performance before we look at the top five. What did you think of Rosa Chemical? I really liked Rosa Chemical. Uh, I think when I watched the third night, they were on pretty early. I think Spot Free or something like that. And uh, that was the first song that really caught my attention and where I was like, yes, finally something that I like. Yeah, and they didn't move too much all week. They were ninth overall after the two combined first nights of the performances and finished eighth after uh, last night. Um, he's a former Gucci model, believe it or not, with all those tattoos. Uh, you wouldn't really think. Yeah, he is a Gucci oh, wow. model. Um, the song is really cool, right? Like it comes, to, he talks about sex, love, dreams, history, parties. And of course, he links it all back to the title. They're all made in Italy. So I thought this one really stood out from the ballads and the breakup songs and everything else that Sam Rainbow was known for. So uh, it, it really stood out. It was a 6 out of 10 for me when I started ranking them. But uh, I don't know if you saw on the final last night, he kind of surprised didn't get disqualified, although I guess Sam Rainbow doesn't really care about the staging being the same every night. He ran down into the audience, and of course, Fedez was sitting in the front row, and he pretty much grinded up against Fedez live on TV. Oh, yeah, he sat, he sat in his lap and moved back and forth and then dragged Feathers up on stage and had him sing along with the song a little bit and then eventually let him go back and sit down. So that was the, the second most shocking thing, I think, that happened this week on the San Ramo stage after, of course, the outburst by Blanco on Tuesday night. Did you see that? Yes, and that would have been hard to top. <laughs> um I don't know what happened. Like, what he just like had in ear problems. He couldn't hear himself properly. Yeah, he said it twice and pointed to his ear a couple of times that he couldn't hear himself. And of course, then he just had this outburst and took all those beautiful flowers from San Remo and just threw them around the stage, destroyed the staging. So um, unprofessional. Unprofessional. Um, oh God, I don't even know what to say to this. There's a lot of discussion as to whether it was staged or not. Did you give any thought to that? I was thinking about it, but like, what would it, who would that benefit? Like, why would it be staged? For what reason? Certainly the results were great. I mean, he did write an apology letter to the mayor of San Remo uh, the next day. Mm. But I, I don't understand. No other performance had all those flowers out around. Yeah, You know, and then there's the idea that no press is bad press. People are talking about him. But I mean, I don't remember the song. All I remember is the the sudden outburst and him just like going mad, throwing flowers and breaking the staging. And so, again, we're talking about it now. Here it is five days ago. (laughs) But is this what you want to be remembered for? That's another question. Oh, definitely not. But it just, it, it, it certainly stands out as a highlight of the five nights, just not necessarily as a, a good highlight. And that's just Italy. Like in many other countries, he would have been disqualified and he probably would have been never seen on TV again after something like that. 
True. Well, it'll be interesting you know, if, if Amadeus keeps uh, being the musical and production director of San Remo going forward. Will we yeah. see Blanco anytime soon at San Remo? Yes. Good question. And you know, I was uh, just at Melody Festival and I saw how well prepared it is. And literally every single song gets rehearsed like 10 times in a row. Everything is so well organized. Like literally every minute is timed. They have subtitles in the live show because they already know what's going to happen. It's all so well prepared. No, I don't think that could ever happen in Italy. Just for the fact that you're doing five live shows in a row and they're five hours each. So when, like, I'm sure they do some prep in the day, but if you're if you're doing a full rehearsal of that show, you're you're working ten hour days with no break. So yeah, I, I don't think you can. And also, everything's improvised in the show. Basically, there's a lot of it. Yeah, I know they have a schedule to the to the minute, but it just never gets adhered to because yeah, it just, <laughs> it just can't be. So should we look at the top five? Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. So in fifth place after the finalissima, after the, the second vote, obviously, was Tango, Tananai. Mm-hmm. So he actually fell. He was fourth after the second night, after the combined vote. And he ended up with fifth place, uh, getting 11.15% of the overall vote. Mm. Deserved? I didn't really get it uh i also saw the rankings of course and when i watched the third night we already had rankings and i don't remember how high but he was very well in the top 10 maybe top five even already and i didn't really know why it was an okay it was like an okay song like a ballad kind of but like it didn't stand out from all the other songs to me I guess maybe people were like positively appri- surprised by him from last year. Cause like, I know that you loved it <laughs> last year, but like it was very appalling to many other people. And maybe that's the reason. But other than that, it wasn't really on my radar. No. And of course, Cesso Ocas- oh, Occasionale was last place last year. Um, yeah. Just, just 0.48% of the vote last year. But I think it's more. Um, Maybe he gets a pass. Like he's he's fairly famous in Italy. He's done work with Fedez again, so it's not like he's an unknown artist. So maybe that helped him get some votes. Um, but again, I didn't think the song was anything special. Uh, Tango. It's uh, yet another breakup song. So maybe not the best thing to bring to San Remo just before Valentine's Day. Um, the only thing I liked about the song actually was the ending because the song ends. He says, "I'll be back on Monday." But it will never be Monday. <laughs> so, Ouch. Yeah, it was a bit of a burn there. But I think if this came on the radio, I might switch stations. Not for yeah. me. Anyway, then we had uh, Ultimo, who was pretty much, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Then we had Ultimo, and he finished fourth overall. He was fourth in the Sala Stampa on the first night, so he didn't move a whole lot. He was actually second in the televote, though. He dropped from the jury and the demoscopic vote, and he got 12.25% of the overall votes. Yeah, that surprised me because I thought it would uh, be between Marco and Ultimo. I thought those would be the top two for sure. Um, again, a good song, uh, and also like something that I would definitely keep listening to uh, compared to Tan and I. But I don't think it was like 
in my personal top four out of all the 28 songs. Um, I I liked it and I would have preferred it compared to other songs that were also in the top five that we will get to in a minute. But like um, in general, it was also just okay for me. Like good, definitely good. Like if this went to Eurovision, I would also say it's a good song for Italy, but like nothing amazing. No, see, I don't know how this would do at Eurovision had it gone. It's just one of these spoken ballads. It's not a whole lot happening. It's fairly quiet. I don't know how you stage something like this. Like it was pretty much just him at the piano most of the time, and I was falling asleep. Uh, so for me, this was another one to skip. I don't know how this did so well. I know, again, he's very famous. Uh, he won the Nuove Proposte back when they did that uh, at San Remo in 2018. He came back the year after with the Tuoi Particolari, which I thought was quite good. So this, for me, was a huge letdown. And mm. I think it's just another case of um, when you have an artist come back, you're obviously going to compare their new song to what they've done in the past. Maybe that's what happened with LOD a little bit. Obviously, this one here, uh, the public liked this one more than the other ones. Not for me. But, um, yeah, he finished, like I said, second with the Televote. So that's probably going to give him cause to come back in the years to come. I don't think we've seen the last of Ultimo at San Remo. Yeah. And that's maybe a little bit of a problem as well with San Remo. Like, uh, they're just big names. And if big names have a huge fan base, they automatically do really well. There's like no way around it. And uh, I think Marco, had he been an unknown singing the same song with the same voice, he probably wouldn't have won. But we will get to that in a minute. Yeah, because we have to stop at Mr. Rain, who sang Super, Super Eroi and came third overall. And this was a grower because after the second night, when they combined both evenings, he was sitting in 17th place after the press vote. So he made up a lot of room. Um, I know you've got a lot to say about him, so I'll let you start again. <laughs> uh, I don't even have a lot to say about it. I want to cut this really short. Uh, I don't know the rules of Sanremo, of course, but like, I don't know why you have to drag children onto stage with you. I mean, I, I know why. It's in order to get like votes and like to, you know, fish, um, I bet there were like lots of old grannies, Italians, and he's like, oh, bambini. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's a very, very cheap way of, you know, fishing for votes for me. Um, I don't even care about the song. I honestly don't remember it. But it was, I don't know, why would you do that? Like, it's not going to be allowed in Eurovision anyway. I know Italians don't care as much about Eurovision. But um, how is that even allowed in Sanremo in a show that lasts for hours every night? And the children were up on stage at, until I don't know how long. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a, it's such a dirty way of getting votes. And <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the kids because um, by the time they did the reprises at the end for the top five, it was almost 2 a.m. in Italy. So he had to perform on stage using the recorded audio of the children because labor laws won't let kids work so late in the evening. Yeah. So all those kids were already long gone, gone to bed. So it was even more haunting, I think, in the end, watching him play the piano and sing. And all of a sudden, you just hear these voices of children kind of come over. Yeah, it was it was a very strange scene. I thought the same. I thought it was very inappropriate. 
uh, to have the kids there. It's kind of creepy. Um, I did listen to the studio version, though. The chorus is all right. I mean, you could sing along to it. Uh, it might be good on like a, a road trip on a sunny day. But other than yeah. that, like you said, it, I don't really remember a whole lot about the song. I've seen and heard it now over 10 times. So that's probably not a good sign. I gave this a three out of 10. Uh, so certainly wouldn't have been in my top five. Yeah, same. Now, something that did catch my attention last night, and I thought briefly that this could maybe challenge for the win, was Latza with his song Cenere, which means ash. This was another grower because after the first combined ranking, he was in seventh place and, of course, finished second last night with 16.6% of the overall vote. What did you think of Latza? I'm very happy that he finished second. Um, this was um, together with Rosa Chemical, I guess. Those were my two biggest positive surprises when I watched the third night. I had already heard Madame and Marco. And I ranked him in my third place after hearing all the songs. And so I'm very happy about that. It was something really fresh. It was like, uh, it had modern sounds. It had a little bit of rap. It was, um, again... I mean, I know Sanremo is not a national final, it's its own festival. But again, this would have been something so different from Italy in Eurovision. It would have been really cool. Um, and yes, yeah, second place is amazing, of course. I hope we'll see a lot of him in the future as well. And Yeah, he's, he's quite young. So again, he's another one that could easily come back. Um, and like you said, yeah, there's a bit of rap. I, I call this radio-friendly rap. This isn't going to offend anybody. This could be on any radio station. And it's not going to need to be censored or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was well written. So again, this is a this isn't necessarily a breakup song. It's more about a troubled relationship. And um, he he's at one point he sings, "Sweep him away like ashes, erase his name, make him disappear like smoke." So I thought that was kind of kind of a nice way to talk about maybe a troubled relationship. Um, and the, the ashes come up at the end because he, he realizes, I guess, at the end, or whoever the song is about realizes that he hopes that they get reborn together from the ashes. So he kind of brings it back yeah. to the title. So, um, yeah, I really like this, especially last night when it was just the five of them. I thought it really stood out, and I kind of thought maybe Marco might be in a bit of trouble. But, of course, he wasn't because uh, Due Vite by Marco Mengoni got a whopping 45% of the overall wow. vote, and of course won the 73rd Festival de San Remo. Only 32% of that was Televote, though, so he really dominated the demoscopic and the press juries. Mm. Um, can I just say about Lazza, I think he was also the one who, uh, and you, they always get flowers at the end of the performance, and he like ran down to the audience and was looking for his mom. And wanted to give the flowers <laughs> to his mother. And that was, uh, you, you could see, like, it took ages, of course. And that's another thing, like, anything is scheduled, but, like, then nobody sticks to the schedule. Yeah. And his mom, they found her after, like, five minutes or something in the audience. She was somewhere in the back, and she just looked mortified. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all the cameras were showing her, and she was, you know... And Amadeus was calling her name as well. Like, that was... I don't know if it was adorable or like a little bit weird as well. Cause he's like 28. Is he that old? 
Yeah. Okay, wow. But back to Marco, yeah. Um, no surprise, obviously. Um, yeah, if, if anyone's been living under a rock, Marco Mengoni, just, just, just very, very quickly. Of course, he's been to Eurovision before in 2013 in Malmö with L'Essenziale. He's got, like, I've got them all here. I'm not going to read them all out, but, I mean, he's the first Italian artist to win Best European Act at the MTV Europe Music Awards. He did it twice. First Italian artist in history to perform at the Billboard Film and TV Music Conference in L.A. He's won Best Italian, Best Mediterranean Artist at multiple awards as well. MTV goes on. He won X Factor in Italy in 2009, signed with Sony. Like, this is his third um, San Remo appearance. He won in 2013, of course. Like, it, the guy is pretty well established in Italian music. Yeah. Um, I think it was well-deserved. Uh, again, of course, his huge fan base helped a lot with that. But um, I was really happy with his winning, and I'm really happy that he's going to Eurovision. Uh, I think Italy always sends quality every year, like, no matter what they do. And this could easily be another, I think, top 10 for sure. And maybe even top five, depending on the other songs, of course, on the full lineup. But like, he was seventh in 2013. I think he will at least get the same placing, if not better. I totally agree. I When you, when you kind of went to say top five, I kind of held back because I don't know. Like, it's... I don't think this is as good. I like L'Essenziale better than Duevite, so I don't know if he can improve on his previous performance. I do think it will be left-hand side of the scoreboard if he does keep this song, because he did mention in an interview earlier this morning that he might change it. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see. But if he does go with Duevite, I think it's, it's very safe. It's very solid. He sings this really, really well. So it should get a good result. But like you said, we've this is one of 15 now. So if my math is right, well, we've got 22 songs left to hear. Yeah, something like so, that. So, I mean, yeah. obviously that's where he ends up will depend on all these other countries. Uh, as of right now, though, he's probably in my top two if he does go with Duemite. Yes. But we'll talk more about, of course, Super Saturday when we resume for our regularly scheduled podcast. Yes. <laughs> and can we just say about Italy, like always the amount of quality in that whole like the effort they put into this is amazing and that's why they always do well in eurovision because of course like usually the sanremo winner or like at least a good placing of sanremo is going to eurovision for italy and they're like the only big five country that never has to worry about finishing last or even in the <laughs> bottom <laughs> unless they send emma yes well, they didn't finish last either. <laughs> yeah, even even Emma didn't do that bad, I guess. Yeah. The UK or Spain or Germany would dream of, of having these results, right? Exactly. <laughs> but it's funny. I find I, I think I have it like I have this theory as to why San Remo drags on for so long. Because Italian, like pop music in Italy, there's there's a formula. Like a lot of these songs sound the same to each other this year. They sound similar to the songs last year. So it really takes five nights of listening to them so that the night of the finale, you, you start to recognize them and you can kind of tell them apart. And then you can make your decision on which ones you like and which yeah. ones you don't, once you <laughs> understand them all, once you're familiar with them. 
And even if after five nights, some of them still don't sound really good to you, well then, yeah, okay, don't vote for it. But, even, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I will agree that Marco did deserve the win. Uh, that said, I will download Chenere and listen to uh, Latza, I guess, a lot coming up to Eurovision. He, it, it's the what could have been for him, and I think we'll see him back, and who knows, maybe one day he'll yes. go to Eurovision. But we don't, like you said, it's a national final. We don't hear Eurovision. We didn't hear the words Eurovision until the press conference after Marco won. It's an afterthought. They did change the rules this year. Of course, the winner had to go. But the question did come up by somebody in the media and asked him if he would go to Eurovision. And his response was very enthusiastic. Yes. Right. So at the uh, press conference this morning at the casino in San Remo, Marco very enthusiastically said, I want to go. I want to have fun in Liverpool. Absolutely. Yes, I do. I've never been to Liverpool. Can't wait to go. Would like to take all of you. We'd make a nice choir. Hilarious. And then he said, from now on, though, let's not talk about expectations. It's still early. Um, I, I want to think more about enjoying this victory also because it wasn't just me who won, but all 28 of us won because it was a wonderful festival. So pardon, mm. pardon my site translation, but, uh, that's basically what he said. Yes. And of course he becomes the eighth artist from Italy to go back for a second time. Mahmoud most recently, of course, went twice. You've got Mir Martini, Albano Normino went twice in 76 and 85. Massimo Ranieri, who you mentioned earlier, went twice in the 70s. Giliola Cinquetti went twice, a winner there. Claudio Villa and, of course, robbed Domenico Modugno went three times, actually. So he's in pretty good company with those Italian artists who've been back to, to Eurovision more than once. Huge names, all of them. Yeah. Well, his, his do them. Well, rightfully yeah. so. Yes. Uh, I'm surprised that he really wants to go back. Like I had the impression in 2013 that he didn't like it in Eurovision because you saw during the voting, like uh, I think he got 12 points from Albania, which was one of the first countries to vote. And he was still excited then. And then like a few countries in, he got 12 from Spain again. Like that was country 20 something to vote. And he was just so pissed about not being like. <laughs> he thought he so he thought he was going to win, did he? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Flew all the way to Sweden just to not win. Poor guy. Yeah. Well, he seems excited to go to Liverpool. So hopefully this year will uh, he'll enjoy it a bit more. And, of course, going for a second time, there's so much less pressure. He can probably enjoy it a lot more this time anyway. He knows what it's like. I don't think Eurovision is much different now than it was 10 years ago. It's not like Eurovision was back in the 70s or 80s. So yeah, he knows what's going to happen. He knows what's coming. He can prepare. He'll be, he'll be cool, cool as a cucumber. Yes, and we're excited as well. So this was just a little bonus episode for San Remo because I think it would be too long for a regular episode to fit it in with other stuff. Definitely. We don't want to be here for five hours like uh, Rye would keep you on your couch for that long. Yes. God forbid they ever do a Rye podcast. I think there probably is one already. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening. You can, of course, follow us on our social media profiles. We're building Underline Bridges Underline Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Text us. Let us know if you have any ideas, what you want to hear from us. And we'll see you on a Friday as regular, right? Sì, grazie mille. A dopo. Ciao. Arrivederci.